reflecting on the here and now, Pachubana Dhamma, Pachubana is present here and now. Then to contemplate that, that uh, experience is always now, isn't it? We don't. The past is a, is a remembered now. The future is a possibility, but that possibility is a mental state that we have now. This is uh, important to to reflect on the perceptions of time because uh, for most for the worldly mind time is our reality and so that uh, we can dismiss now and uh, plan for the future or we can spend our lives uh, remembering the past or regretting things about behavior in the past or being resentful about things we remember from our past. And so like the ego's built on that, on memory, on desire. And so we 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 create ourselves, but it's always in the present that we're doing this. On a conventional level, then I'm, you know, I'm Ajahn Sameto. Uh, so then, when I'm not here, then I'm in my kuti. Then you say Ajahn Sameto's in his kuti, or Ajahn Sameto's resting. <coughs> but in terms of experience, isn't it? Then, and this is what we're learning to recognize experience now and memory is memory. So the conventional world uh, operates on that level of we remember the conventions, the, the rules, the, the uh, tradition and all that. And uh, speak and act in, in uh, in that way, on a conventional way. But reality is always now. Experience is now. Enlightenment is now. Nibbana is now. It's always. And uh, the self, the, like the Petra of Sakaditi, is based on memory. When you, when you examine, when you investigate. the way it is. So people remind me of a talk I gave several years ago about Lieutenant Harris when I was in the Navy. The, the 
this naval officer on our ship that I developed a strong aversion, resentment toward. And, uh, and then uh, in my early life in, in uh, Thailand, at Wat Po, the, the resentment towards this, this particular person would come up. And I noticed that uh, just this, just uh, feeling indignant and sense of rage when I, when the memory of this particular person would arise, even though it had been 20 years ago. Now it's about 50 years ago. Well, just rec- and this is, you know, how, you know, notice how we, we, uh, you know, how anger arises, resentment, rage, when we remember things, uh, unfairness, mistreatment, abuse that we've had in the past. <clears throat> and so is this reality, you know, is this, uh, is this, uh, something to, to, take refuge in, to dwell on and to, uh, to believe in. And so then, of course, is uh, one who are taking refuge in Bhutto, in the here and now, then we can investigate this, the, the resentments, uh, we might feel when we remember certain incidences or certain characters of our past. So in this way, n- n- noticing what memory is, you know, we we are we have retentive memories. We remember things, and so they arise in the present. In terms of dhamma, the puto knowing conditioned phenomena is conditioned phenomena. So memory is just that. It's a sankhara. It arises and ceases. And this is all we need to to recognize in terms of vipassana meditation beginning to to center ourselves in this in this awareness where things can be seen for what they are now the quality of the memory affects us emotionally doesn't it so i i remember lieutenant harris not like remembering uh, my best friend the different emotion arises i think of my best friend or <clears throat> Lieutenant Harris, emotion changes. <clears throat> so attaching to that memory, then uh, you know I become the 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 uh, the pleasure of remembering my best friend, or I become the angry person remembering Lieutenant Harris.
Now in meditation, as you probably all recognize, when you're developing awareness, when you're learning to recognize it and trust it, then memories do come up or repressed memories or things that you've resisted or or been frightened of will arise into consciousness. And this is just, this is a good sign and there's nothing wrong. When we, when we see meditation as only, I want to be peaceful and tranquil and peace and, you know, and have, have a good meditation where I, you know, have a lot of bliss. We call that good meditation. And we, the next time we sit in here and memories of mistreatment, abuse in the past, and we have a bad meditation. Because <clears throat> we're trying to resist this. And we feel there's something wrong because our view, the way we hold the, the word meditation can be limited to just the, the desire to become peaceful, tranquil, So this, you know, good meditation, bad meditation is not the issue anymore, is it? It's not this, uh, these are worldly values that we place on whether we've had to feel happy or confused or upset by what we've been doing that we call meditation. So the attitude then, as I've said many times, is uh, this receptiveness to whatever, you know, the puto is not picking and choosing, uh, preferring, uh, judging, uh, moralizing or anything else about what we're experiencing. But it's discerning, it is the way it is. So, the memory of Lieutenant Harris is this. Remembering my best friend is like this. You know, so that, that notice that, that in, with awareness, we don't become the angry person when uh, perception of Lieutenant Harris arises, or we don't become the uh, the happy person when we remember our best friend. That awareness is is not it doesn't doesn't align itself doesn't take sides. So then, by seeing the value of this, this gives us a chance to, to see the way out of suffering. Because even though 50 years ago you haven't heard of or anything, had anything to do with Lieutenant Harris for 50 years. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he's probably dead by now. <laughs> but I can still get just as angry if I, if I attach to that memory and then, and then uh, proliferate on that memory. He was wrong. He shouldn't have done that. He was, 
he should apologize to me. He's a bad person. Uh, he should have to pay for his his uh, for doing this. You know, even the vengeful side comes out. We get into to the uh, grasping of this this uh, anger. So I can, you know, just just willfully I can become an angry person just by uh, remembering this and then and getting lost in it. And the emotion, you know, of indignation. How dare he? He's wrong. But the, through all this, you know, there's an awareness. Now, say, because of the power of, of mindfulness, then uh, the tendency to do that, you know, don't do that anymore. It's a waste of time. So you're kind of like torturing yourself for nothing. Doesn't do anyone any good. Has no, no, you know, it's not, not, not something that one, that I want to uh, become. So, in rather than just dismissing and saying, no, I won't remember, but suppressing the memory, by taking refuge in the puto, then the memory becomes what it is. It's a memory. And then memories have no real substance, do they? They're like foam on the sea, mist. Thin air. There's nothing, nothing substantial to in them. <clears throat> so by accepting the memories is not grasping them, but recognizing them. In this position of puto, then, then we can see things as they are. See that memory is sankara. It's impermanent not self, it is what it is. Uh, grasping it, when I grasp this memory, then I become like this. If I don't grasp it, then I don't become anything, and the memory uh, drops away because it, it has nothing to sustain itself if I'm not grasping it. So investigating in this way, you know, you... You, it's not to suppress or, you know, we're not resisting bad memories, but we're accepting them and looking at them in terms of, of Dhamma, what they really are. The Buddha seeing the Dhamma. So in terms of Dhamma, then the memory of Lieutenant Harris is, it's Dhamma, it's, it's uh, sankhara. In terms of Ajahn Sumato, then if I go back into into uh, and I wasn't even Ajahn Sumato then. <laughs> so Ajahn Sumato is a, is a new kind of memory compared to fifty years ago. I was Robert Jackman. So 
So what is it that knows all this, that can see when we take refuge in, in Bhutto? What, what is it, you know, that we're not denying anything or, or uh, becoming anything? It's a natural refuge. It's not, not a created, not a masquerade, not a kind of artifice that we create. You know, so when you create a kind of inner Buddha, then it becomes artificial. You know, a kind of abstract inner Buddha or some kind of visualized inner Buddha. But this is, this is a more direct than that. It's, it's going to the very source of the the point you can't get beyond to the axis mundi, to the very center of experience before you become anything at all. <clears throat> so you don't, that's why you don't become aware. You don't become someone who's mindful. You, you, you know, that's, those kind of words are not very helpful in explaining because then we grasp, you know, I've got to become someone who's more mindful and then then judge myself when, you know, feel um, embarrassed when I'm not mindful. The mindfulness becomes another ideal in my mind that I should be mindful and, and uh, I should let go of greed, hatred and delusion. I should... Uh, develop compassion, loving-kindness, compassion. And these are all true, you know. The, the shoulds are not, not that there's anything wrong with them. But they are creations of the mind, you know, that we, that uh, intimidate us. One's life is, is a, you know, one's ego is very much uh, about, you know, ideas of what should or shouldn't be. Lieutenant Harris shouldn't have done what he did 50 years ago to me. That's true. <laughs> but, um, so what? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, that to dwell on, 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 you know, to live in the past resenting the things of the past or always lo looking to the future for enlightenment, fulfillment, completion uh, is, you know, missing the present, the Pachubana Dhamma. So this is where, the, like the Dukkha, the first noble truth, this is suffering we create around our experience. Because if we don't know this, if we don't, look into life, investigate and see how, how things really are, then we, we just follow the momentum of our habits, the sankharas, that we become the sankharas that we attach to. So in we use the word puto is not, not a, you know, that's a sankara in itself, the word, but it's pointing at reality, isn't it, at, at awareness. Not meant to be uh, a word that we create uh, images around or, 
or um, grasp and, and, and uh, speculate about. You know, is there a Bhutto or not? What's the nature of the Buddha? And then we get into speculation. We don't no, no need to think about the nature of the Buddha. We recognize it's like this. Bhutto is is natural to us. It's not, even though it's a Pali word, it's pointing at here and now. It's reminding us. It's, we're using it to remember Bhutto. And then when I do that, then that, it, it puts me, it reminds me to, to let go of the things I might be holding on to at this moment. So you see, it's very, this is a, apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation leading onwards to be experienced individually by the wise. <coughs> so, Dhamma is all here and now. Santitiko, Kaliko, Ehi, Pasko, Opanaiko, Bhajatang, Vaitidapo, Inuhi. Not about tomorrow and or, or 50 years ago. One upaya or skillful means I, I found useful is uh, is deliberately thinking I am to myself and listening. Now you know you kind of listen in listening inwardly, and then you create yourself with thinking. You know, silent thinking. I am Ajahn Sumato. But I'm listening. You know, I'm not. It's, this isn't just conceptual proliferation. I'm not. You know, I'm on this made and blah blah blah, giving my history. But I'm doing it as as a skillful means, just to hear it, to recognize. I can, I, I intentionally create myself as a person according to memories or attitudes or assumptions I have about myself as a person. But I'm listening, you know. This, I'm not really interested in, the, in my personality, you know, and trying to make it, you know, justify it or criticize my personality or 
try to improve it or uh, or in any way become interested in the in the kind of personality that arises but to recognize personality Sakyajiti is like this I'm Ajahn Sumato and if I grasp that you know that's convention yeah I'm willing to go along with that on a conventional level but in terms of Pachubana Dhamma there isn't any Ajahn Sumato it's just memory you know I don't go around thinking I am Ajahn Sumato all the time <clears throat> so when I'm not thinking I'm Ajahn Sumato am I still Ajahn Sumato <laughs> And on the conventional level, we can say, well, yes, you know, but, because that's uh, uh, samuti satcha, the conventional reality. But, but I'm not, the conventional reality has no liberating possibilities. By just living on a conventional level, one is bound into the, into those, the, one is, is limited by those boundaries of convention all the time. There's no, you know, if you don't, can't see it, then you, you, there's no escape from it. So they, in Pali they call it the samsara vata, or the endless cycles of samsara. Because they seem, to, they just go on and on, perpetuate themselves endlessly, or, you know, the, the, the sankharas, they just keep, they seem to go on and on and on, perpetuating themselves. There's like endless cycles of of these sankharas. So on the level of sankhara, you know, you can you can improve, and or you know, you can, you have a certain level of being able to to choose, make, become a, a meditator or a monk or a nun or or you know, develop. Uh, good qualities, virtues, uh, to refrain from acting on uh, wrong feelings, uh, feelings that divide and harm you or others. So we can become a responsible person or a better person, which is not to be... uh, deployed at all, very good but it does, cannot liberate on that level like in uh, in uh, you know in developing dana sila isn't that in in our, in our convention of Theravada Buddhism dana sila makes us a better we become better people by being generous and being responsible for what we do <coughs> But then the pavana, puto, puto, you know, this, then that, we're, we're acknowledging the value of convention, but we're also recognizing its limitation. The sankhara, just like anything else. So when I think I am Ajahn Sumato, I'm listening, 
you know, really contemplate the the um, that which is aware of the thought. You know, they, I found this quite insightful to be able to to discern the difference. The thought arises and ceases. I imagine Samato arises and ceases. The awareness of it. The stains, you know, when the when I before I start thinking I, there's a, certainly attention and awareness. And then I am Ajahn Sumato, and when I've finished, there's still the awareness. That awareness is consciousness operating, isn't it? The awareness. It's uh, it's not bound to the thought. It's it's transcending the thought. It's receiving the thought. So it, it begins to you begin to 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 recognize this this I am as a creation, not as a position one takes and interprets experience through. So awareness then this is what I mean, it's discerning, it's just aware it's a, you know, it knows what things are. As soon as I become judging, I am Ajahn Sumedho and I am a good monk or I am a bad monk. You know, then if I start, you know, making judgments, value judgments about myself as a person, I get lost into that. It goes on and on and on. The self-doubts, the... the uh, the character tendencies to maybe exaggerate one's goodness or diminish it or or uh, you know it, it one just gets caught in that web of sankara so in in uh, deliberately thinking yourself creating yourself then the then the conundrum what is it that there's aware there's awareness And uh, that is not, you know, if I don't, uh, if I claim it, you know, if I start thinking I am an aware monk, then, then, uh, then I go back into the Sakyaditi mode again. So, you know, it's not a matter of, of judging, but of recognizing and, and really, uh, appreciating, valuing, worshipping this ability to take refuge in the Buddha here and now. So this is what I call Bhutang Saranangachami. Simple as that. Putting it in unconventional language of Theravada Buddhism. Then the personality is received, you know, and it's it's good, bad, indifferent qualities. But it's seen as Dhamma rather than 
being transformed into uh, some kind of personal problem. Even though I am a, a, a man, I am a male. That's the creation, isn't it? That's the puto doesn't have any gender. Not it does it's not you know, it's not identifying itself with the body you have. So all the feelings about being male or female can be seen in terms of Dhamma rather than as identities. Because we have these bodies, so there's, you know, the, the, these bodies have their effect on consciousness. Male body affects, you know, because I have a male body, then it affects consciousness. And so the awareness of that effect means that I, you know, I'm, I'm receiving this, but not identifying anyone. It's not my identity, not my, I'm, I don't, I no longer operate from that perception. But in, uh, you know, when you review like the 22 Indriya in the, these are, when you, masculinity, femininity, humanity, these different uh, Indriyas or faculties to reflect upon, to recognize in terms of Dhamma. So in, in this the effect that a female body has on consciousness. No, I can't know that. I, I, I don't know that from having, because I don't have a female body. But so I do know uh, the effect of, uh, of the male condition on consciousness. And the identity, you know, it's a strong identity in the gender uh, is, is, is um, we identify with it very much to be a man or woman and so forth and all the different identities now all different sexual identities that people hold to are created from these illusions so your refuge then is in awareness rather than in in the condition that arises. The awareness sees it, knows, discerns, but doesn't judge, not making value judgments about which is, what, what is the best or what isn't. Because when we get into, into critical our critical mind and we're back into the samsara again because things are better some, one, some, this is better than that this is bigger and that's smaller and, and uh, I like this and I don't like that now you can see what I'm pointing to is, is 
is what we call it the uh, transcendent, unconditioned reality of this moment in which we uh, which is natural to us it's not it's not something remote or even subtle once you begin to to recognize it it's like like the space like you know it's it's here but we may not ever notice it and never consciously observe spaciousness or like fish in the water, you know, the water's all around. <clears throat> but how the fish, uh, you know, might notice everything but the water because it's, it permeates its, uh, its whole uh, being. So in, in this awareness then, this isn't, this isn't created and refined, dependent on conditions supporting it, but it's recognizing. And as you recognize it and realize it, then you 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 see through the illusions you create, so that you tend to not hold on anymore to the memories, to the weighed in the sanya sankhara that you're experiencing. Now then, logically, when when I talk like this, it might sound like, you know, uh, one would become just kind of a, a kind of sterile witness. You know, you kind of the observer, the witness, and uh, you become kind of um, like a cold, cold surgery, just seeing everything in terms of sankharas. But that that is a way of, you know, that's a kind of negative way of interpreting it. A fear we have of of uh, of of, of uh, not being anybody. Because there's also tremendous fear around disappearing into a void, isn't there? Of being lost in a in in a void of nothingness, of annihilation. And that's not Puto. You know, that's Puto puts us is is receiving life. It's not it's not resisting or pushing it away. So we're not trying to just make ourselves kind of totally emotionless, uh, um, cold-hearted witnesses to reality, as some as some of you might logically deduct from what I'm saying. <clears throat> but it it allows one to to let go of the limitations that. That, create, that cause the suffering. Because as long as we're bound to the Sakya Ditti, Silapata these two fetters, the attachment to personality, to conventions, then, um, then we do. We, we, we suffer with those limitations. We can always be upset. Lieutenant Harris can always come back and 
you know, in memory, and then I can get, you know, imagine if I live 30 more years, I can still, you know, if I don't go gaga, then I, you know, you could say Lieutenant Harris, and I could go, rah, People like the story about Morris Waltz and Sangharachita. You know, Morris Walsh was one of the trustees that invited me to UK and he he had this great anger and resentment towards Sangharachita who started the uh, FWBO. And they had a, you know, they, they used, uh, Sangharachita used to be in the you know, connected to the English Sangha Trust. This was before I arrived. And then they, they, they became disillusioned with him and they ditched him, you see. And there was a kind of battle I hear at Hampstead, Bihara, where Morris uh, had to fend off the FWBO people who were trying to take the, the Hampstead, Bihara back. And so he, he developed this Version. So, you know, I, I remember as soon as you mentioned the word Sangharachita, Morris Walsh would go, you know, he'd turn pale and. <laughs> so when he died, they had his corpse in the, in the chapel here. You know, I went up and I whispered in his eye, I said, Sangharachita. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no reaction. <laughs> He's dead, definitely. Well, I think we all have, you know, buttons to push on that level, you know. But these very, uh, these very, uh, you know, these are things to take an interest in. I notice when things that do, uh, you know, where I do lose it, where certain things come up or situations arise and I get into, I react and uh, get carried away by a, a strong emotional reaction. You know, this interests me. Because these are like the Achilles heel or the weak point, isn't it? Uh, that that we can we can use for practice. What what is it that really upsets me or threatens me? Then when, you know, like, like say, Lieutenant Harris, I investigated that. I could see, I could see it in terms of memory, of, of resentment that arises, emotional resentment, and, uh, a feeling of having been hard done by, that it wasn't fair, 
and so on. And so I, I'm back into Robert Jackman mode again. But now, it, you know, and because of exploring that, then I, it doesn't, you know, I don't dwell on it. You know, it's just another word, really. So I'm just using it as an example. <clears throat> you know, it doesn't, I don't feel any kind of emotional reaction to that, that perception anymore because I know what it is. So in, in Vipassana, like in uh, Jitanupassana, Saripatthana, the uh, third foundation of mindfulness, you really, you can kind of investigate the things that, that you know, like fears and threats and, and uh, desires of different kinds and that, to, to begin to put them in that perspective of Dhamma, of objects that you see, that you can recognize through being Bhutto rather than a personality with a history and, a, and an axe to grind. So in this listening, creating my, myself, you know, I, you know, it, it's, uh, it's deliberately thinking, but with the intention of listening. And then, the, then inquiring, what is it that is aware of this, what, you know, this, what I think I am as a person, my self-worth, my value or lack of value, uh, my gifts or my faults, uh, all this, uh, you know, on the, on the worldly level, I can listen to. But in but recognizing it in terms of what it really is, seeing how sakyaditi is a creation of the mind in the present, personality view. You have to, you know, it's, it's uh, something we create onto this present moment. So when I'm resting in Bhutto, you know, I'm beginning to, like, getting to the very, to the, to the actus mundi, to the center point that I don't create. I'm just recognizing, you know, I can't get beyond this. This is, this is it. But it's certainly aware, attentive, discerning, conscious. Not, I don't fall asleep. And then the, then the creations of, you know, my personality come, come from that. Me and mine. Um, my views, my opinions. Life has not been fair to me. He was wrong, I'm right. All of it, you know, and even if it's, it's true, 
on the con conventional level. We're not interested in that anymore in trying to to make everything right and 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 uh, you know try to work out the sankharas so that that they're you know that everything is what we want it to be. So, uh, because that's an impossibility. So th this is a way of exploring, investigating this uh, this fetter of sakya ditti. And uh, then, if you keep kind of looking at it, you know, observing, you know, create yourself in whatever you want, whatever fantasies you might like to entertain, uh, fair enough, you know, good, bad, the best, the worst, uh, whatever, but your, your relationship to it is, is from puto rather than from attachment. And the sense of me, you know, you can't treat me like this. And, you know, I listen to this, this inner voice that says, you can't speak to me like this. You can't treat me like this. And how dare you? And all these kind of indignant ways I can uh, react to experience. I'm aware. And that awareness isn't indignant. And I can even see the humor behind it, you know, the, of, uh, the kind of absurdity of being a personality. Because personalities are all absurd anyway, because they're created out of ignorance. So, you know, how dare you treat me like this? And I have my rights and, and you know, the demanding all kinds of things and, and blaming others, it's your fault. You shouldn't have said that to me, you're wrong. I'm right. And I listen, you know, and I can hear this. And I say, then I ask myself, do I really want to be like that? Do I want to live my life with this personality as my refuge? I don't, actually. <laughs> when I put it like that, I don't want to, I don't want to be that, like that. It's suffering to feel to feel sorry for yourself, to feel you've been hard done by, to to carry resentment, to endlessly complain because the sankharas aren't what they should be. This is not. This is all dukkha. You know, it's all suffering that we we keep uh, recreating. <coughs> And if you don't wake up, and as you get older, it gets increasingly more boring. You know, like, uh, you get, sometimes you just wish you, you didn't exist anymore. I can understand why people want to commit suicide sometimes. You get so fed up with yourself. Just the dreariness of the, the endless complaints, gripes, resentment, self-pitying, self-disparaging, habits that can take over consciousness.
So then, uh, you know, I think I've always had this kind of death wish, actually. I've always found life. I've never had a really difficult life, you know, in terms of, I can't, you know, my life hasn't been one where I've been abused or, you know, terribly or mistreated or life has been unfair to me. I've had a pretty easy life <laughs> compared to, to so many people. But the uh, but the suffering I created, even with a, a fair, with a, an easy life, was enormous. You know, just feeling, wanting to to end it, so weary of having to exist and and uh, carry on in a in a world that I didn't find very uh, attractive. And quite threatening. So, in with Bhutto, then even that desire to not exist falls away. You know, the death wishes and things like this, because you're beginning to see through the whole, the the whole process of self-creation. So, this is put under this category of Sakyaditi, the in the ten fetters, the sanyojanas in Pali. Now these are important to reflect on because you know, to to uh, see the way, the, the the path, you know, the the eightfold path. You know, these three fetters block that insight. Takya Diti Sila Patabaramasa Wichikicha. So and you know, as long as we're bound into those fetters, we can we'll never see the path because we're always operating from um these delusions. So even if you're meditating here for fifty years with a delusion that you've never cracked, you're still operating out of Sakya Diti Sila Patabaramasa Wichikicha. You know, you can say, "Well, I've, I've been I've been doing all the right things, but I still haven't see the path yet." <laughs> and that's rather sad, isn't it? Because uh, you know, one, you know, that people, well-intentioned people, can, uh, you know, use monastic form and meditation techniques. Uh, and quite committed to it, but then be very attached to convention, to to the belief that they are somebody that that, that they've got to uh, you know make enlightened. They've got to make. I've got to make myself. I've got to get enlightenment as a from a, this personal level. Once you begin to see Sakyaditi, you realize it's never going to get enlightened. Personality, there's no enlightened personalities. Personalities don't get enlightened because they're sankharas and they are what they are. So it's not that they, you know, some are better than others, admittedly. Some self-views I have are better than other self-views. On that level of discrimination, and, and evaluation and judgment. 
But even, you know, trying to be the best is also another form of suffering. Trying to make myself into the perfect bhikkhu, perfect monk, that's a lot of suffering. There you form an idea of perfect monk should be like this. And I try to make myself, make myself into that perfect form. And then, you know, it doesn't work. Because you still suffer from wichikicha or doubt. Uncertainty. Because you're, you're trying to you know, you're trying to become like a Buddha Rupa or some perfect form. You know, you're trying to make yourself into something which is an impossibility. So, these three fetters, like Wichikecha, of course, is like, is from thinking, you know, you're, you're <clears throat> thinking always leads to doubt. So like when people think, is there a God or not? And, uh, and they think about it, you usually end up, well, you either decide that you're going to believe in something that you perceive as God or or you, you end up you know, skeptic I can't you know I can't find anything that I I can't see God you can't you know you can't prove it <clears throat> they become an agnostic or or you take a stand against there isn't any God because I don't I can't see God then there isn't any God because the um, I'm making a pronouncement. Mm. And that's Sakya Ditti again, isn't it? There isn't any God. Uh, or the, the kind of uh, affirming the power of God without ever awakening or recognizing reality. So just uh, recognizing that... that uh, that this awareness then is is actually you know you're you're not trying to prove anything but to recognize and thinking is a function that we you know a valuable function but as a as a refuge as a way to to be liberated it, it will only end up with wichikicha as doubt which is one of the fetters. Thinking is, is conditioned too. It's from memory through education. We create, uh, you know, various complicated ways of thinking about everything. So thinking, you know, as an end in itself tends to complicate, get more and more complicated. So this is like when you're, 
with this upaya of I am Ajahn Sumato, you can change the name to your own if you want. <laughs> uh, that's thinking, isn't it? That's a thought. And uh, it's, you know, it, it arises and ceases. Then, then the, when that ceases, is Ajahn Sumato still present? On a conventional level you say yes, but on the experiential level, if you're aware, if there's awareness, you know, there's, there isn't Ajahn Sumato's absence, but there's awareness. It's beginning to make this very clear to yourself. What is Sakyaditi and what is awareness? So I'm talking about experience here and now, Pachubanadhamma. So, so I think Ajahn Sumato right now. And that awareness is still present when the when the words themselves have ceased. Just beginning to notice something as obvious as that. <clears throat> and then the assumption that I am Ajahn Sumato even when I'm not thinking I'm Ajahn Sumato. And that then on a conventional level we fall back into the conventional attitude. We're trying to break out of that convention to get beyond, like put the convention in terms of a of Araman or an object rather than as a subject. So is this awareness, if, if you don't name it and don't claim it, it doesn't, it, that you're not defining it as Ajahn Sumato or any, any other name. It is what it is. Like this. So this is a way of, uh, that I found very helpful, upaya, or skillful means to use for, for making it very clear what Sakyaditi is as, uh, you know, not, not as some kind of vague idea that you, sh- you should get rid of your ego, uh, because that doesn't work. Because then you're just thinking again, I'm somebody that has an ego and I've got, you know, I've got to free myself of that ego in order to see the path, and it, and you get, you know, you if you if you operate from that position, you'll never see the path. <laughs> they say they're fetters. Sakyatiti personality views a fetter. I've got to get rid of it. Fetters are something we want to free ourselves from. Get rid of them. But then the ego wants to get rid of, you know, the ego will say, I, d- I shouldn't have uh, personality. I shouldn't be attached to these memories. And, and so you, you grasp the ideas, and this is the danger in, in any religion. Is grasp, you, it's easy to sort of grasp the concepts and the ideas and not see what you're doing. Because you're grasping something quite good, or you're even 
encouraged or even commanded to grasp them. So, Thilapatvaramatha is uh, attachment to convention. So even the conventions of Buddhism, if we grasp them, it's Thilapatvaramatha. So we become, you know, Sakyaditi, uh, I am Ajahn Sumedho and I am a Buddhist. And I'm a Theravadan Buddhist. <laughs> and I am... Uh, and Theravada Buddhism is better than the other. And uh, I'm from the Thai forest tradition. And these are, these are the... You know, this is the best tradition or whatever. You know, how we can... We can... Uh, on the personal level, you know, we've got to make ours the best. Remember with uh, being with Lung Po Cha, you know, I, I, my my personality, my conceit wanted, you know, I thought Ajahn Chah is the best teacher in the world, you know, because I, I, you know, personally, I like to think that I was with the, you know, the best, and then somebody came along one time and said, no, he's not. I felt really enraged. Well, if you don't like Ajahn Chah, if you don't think you just go find someone else. <laughs> Get on my high horse and banish them. Because attachment to, to the teacher, isn't it? This somehow, you know, my personality, I have to, you know, I want to, I want affirmation that, that what I'm doing is all right, that I'm on the, I've got the best teacher. I'm in the uh, in this good tradition, and and make sure that that I've you know everything I'm doing is is uh, is good and right, and, and even taking it to the superlative of the best. So this you you can explore and you're just noticing how one holds to the convention. Too, and, and, and identifies with it. Sakyaditi can, we can identify very strongly with the, with the tradition, with the conventions that we have, with the Vinaya, with the, with the, the perceptions that one holds as a group. You know, every religious group has their own kind of, um, group of, you know, view about themselves. So we're Mahayana, or we're Hinayana. I don't know if anyone considers themselves Hinayana. <laughs> we're Theravada, and uh, we're Vajrayana, and we're British Buddhists. We're the Western Buddhists, and, and then we can go into the conceit and arrogance of Western culture and thinking, we're going to improve Buddhism. This is what you get in 
oftentimes in the States, the Americans are going to make Buddhism bigger and better. Because that's the American mindset, isn't it? You know, the old Europe, old Asia, America's going to improve on everything. That's a part of a cultural attitude. <laughs> part of one's culture. So, and so the awareness, you know, is, doesn't have a, doesn't belong to any, 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 uh, particular Buddhist group. And then the, the way we hold the convention, you know, that we're using, you know, if we suffer from it, it creates doubts and, and, you know, you go through love-hate relationships with the things that you're attached to. So you, you, um, you begin to notice the, uh, the suffering that one creates out of attachment. One can, you know, you, you can blame it on the convention. A lot of people, to say, well, you know, Theravada Buddhism failed me and I found something better. You blame it on the convention. Because, and that's still Sakya Ditti, isn't it? That one's still operating from that level. So the, the, uh, the immediacy or the directness of the teaching, you know, is here and now. Refuge in Buddha, Dhamma Sangha, yeah, as a conventional form to, to use as a, as a reflection, not as a, an attachment. So like what I've been, how I've been trying to present the mantra Bhutto, not as you should attach to the word or views about Buddha, but, uh, to use the, the mantric form in order to remind yourself to, what is that right now? Because we do, we forget, we get, you know, so easy to get wound up, caught back into the old sangsara of self. The cultural conditioning that we have you know, the assumptions we make from our cultural background. This awareness, is, it also, is, you're getting beyond the cultural conditioning. So whether you're Thai or English or Japanese or <laughs> American or whatever, you know, the, you're actually, awareness doesn't, isn't a, is, doesn't have a nationality. You know, it's transcending. It doesn't. It doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have a nationality. Uh, isn't racial. Isn't class. These are all convention. These are all conventional things that we use. We create them. We create ideas of class, race, gender, nationality, ethnic background. These are created by human beings. These are not 
this, this is not Dhamma. So when we, which is the best, uh, which is the most civilized or the most advanced or the superior race, these are all creations out of ignorance, you know, trying to, you know, compare Europe with Asia or which is the most advanced or which is the best. This all comes out of Sakyaditi, you know, so if you've been brought up in an arrogant Western background, then you, you, you tend to have those perceptions. So, so in, in, uh, in, with Bhutto, then you begin to see the assumptions of, of, of whatever, uh, culture that you, you've been conditioned through. What you, how you see yourself as a person in, in terms of class or position in the society. These are creations of, on the conventional level. So attachment to any of these, you know, holding to these and believing in them is a form of silabhata baramatha. So you're, you're, you know, you're projecting onto the here and now these uh, these self creations. A lot of them are, you know, are so ingrained in us because of the, uh, you know, we acquire cultural messages before, you know, while we're still very innocent babies. You know, you pick it up from your parents, from your mother and father, your family, what good little girls should be, good little boys should be. <laughs> what's right, what proper manners, uh, all this kind of thing, uh, you know, way to, what kind of food and <clears throat> what's considered beautiful behavior and what's considered terrible. And all these are acquired through, through the conditioning process. So with Bhutto, then you, you, you have a, the ability to think begin to recognize this in terms of it is what it is, some of it's good, some cultural condition is very good, very skillful, you know, so it's not to, you know, to, to condemn cultural conditioning, but to put it in the context, to see it in terms of Dhamma rather than as, uh, you know, some truth or position to grasp and, and interpret experience through. So, and the Buddha was pointing to, uh, you know, this, this transcendent, the, the Nibbana, in which the, then the, the, which, you know, is no longer limited to cultural conditioning or attachments to language or perception or self-views. And so you can see that the, the, this is liberation, really, because all these conditions enslave us. We, we are enslaved by what we attach to and identify with. So that's why to trust that, trust that, Bhutto, learn to recognize it 
explore it, you know, and and they, taking these three terms, silapata, sakyatiti, silapata, bhama, savicikicca, self view or personality view, attachment to conventions, cultural conditioning, and so forth, and doubt, which ikicca is is the result of thinking. Begin to get beyond your thinking process, observing it. Observing thinking is like this. I thinking good thoughts are like this. Thinking bad thoughts is like this. But that which is aware of thinking is not a thought. You see the self as a creation rather than as a reality. Then you begin to, you will develop a uh, insight into the path, the the way of liberation. 